Hey guys, this is Dr. Lat Manso, Research Lead from HVMN. Welcome to this episode of Research Roundup. Earlier this year, a group of leading ketone scientists looked at diet changes in modulating brain network stability. So what does that actually mean? A lot of preliminary studies show that ketones have neuroprotective properties. These scientists are trying to change a person's diet and look at the stability of brain networks to see if it improves or makes it worse. There are two things that are linked to age-based cognitive impairment. One, it's insulin resistance, and two, it's glucose hypometabolism. Whether it's the efficiency of glucose being metabolized in the brain being decreased, or the less or lowered amount of glucose being transported to the brain. So this group of scientists decided to conduct an experiment to look at the change of diet if it affects glucose metabolism, improves it, and altogether improve brain network stability. So the authors started off by linking type 2 diabetes and cognitive impairment. Apparently, there are higher percentage of people with cognitive impairment amongst diabetic patients. They have lower global cognitive scores, they have decline in memory, and they also have decline in reasoning. Other studies in the US and Israel also show the link between type 2 diabetes and cognitive dysfunction. And this is evident even in younger adults. So all this while, we think that cognitive impairment, it's very different to metabolic diseases like diabetes or obesity or insulin resistance. But now we're starting to slowly see the link between metabolic disease as well as cognitive impairment, dementia, Alzheimer's and all that. So let's, let's dial back a little bit and look at glucose transport in the brain. Conventionally, we understand that in the brain, the glucose transporter that is more prevalent would be GLUT3, which is insulin independent. That leads us to think that, oh, the brain does not need insulin to function. It does not need all these insulin-dependent transporters such as GLUT4, which is more prevalent in skeletal muscles, heart, and other organs that need a lot of energy and regulated by insulin. That has changed recently when more studies show that if you infuse the brain with insulin, independent of glucose, in the absence of glucose, it actually improves memory of Alzheimer's patients. Now that just shows us that with insulin, even without glucose that's being infused to the brain, it does improve the cognitive function. So what can we do with this sort of information and this, this sort of evidence? And that's why these authors are set out to investigate this and changing someone's diet to a more ketogenic diet or a less carbohydrate-driven diet will help the stability of the brain networks. So let me break down this specific study that was published two months ago earlier this year. They first looked at a data set that comprises of almost a thousand patients to really identify what does brain network stability mean. And they looked at the sustained functional communication between brain networks and brain regions. And that is how they term brain network stability. What they have found, very interestingly enough, is that starting at the age of 47 years, the brain network stability start to decline and it peaks around age of 60 years. And that means even though cognitive impairment manifestation may not show, you may be able to detect that process way earlier when you see the destabilization of brain networks already. 
on to the experiment itself, where they have 42 participants. So the first experiment, there are 12 participants, and second experiment, 30. So let's talk about the first experiment. There were three arms. First arm, they looked at standard diet. They do not overnight fast, and they just come in and get scanned. Second arm, they have the overnight fast group where the participants are on standard diet, but they fast overnight about 12 hours before coming in the next day to be scanned. And third group, the people with ketogenic diet who has been on the diet for a week, all of which were in ketosis with the definition of more than 0.6 millimolar beta-hydroxybutyrate in the blood. So for the second experiment, there are also three arms, all of which are under standard diet. But the first group is just standard diet with overnight fast. Second group, standard diet, overnight fast, but breaking the fast with glucose. And third group, breaking the fast with ketonester. That's H-U-M-N, ketonester. So based on these methods, these two experiments, I, when I was reading it, I was thinking, why are they breaking it down to two parts? And why are they making experiment one and experiment two? And it makes sense because the first experiment, they just want to see an overall change in diet, would that affect the brain stability? And that's why they looked at standard diet, standard diet with fast and ketogenic diet. However, what this does not tell us is the discrepancy between the change of diets, whether the ketogenic diet people are eating less um, because of satiety or they are changing their daily routines is just as an effect of the holistic change of diet. We don't know that. And that is why they conduct a second experiment where it is independent of the diet because everyone is on standard diet. But what makes the difference here is the glucose bolus as well as the ketonester that was used to break the fast um, after an overnight fast. That singles out the link between glucose and ketone metabolism that causes the change in the brain network stabilization. And that is the information that is the most relevant um, to us right now, because we want to see if the change of substrate metabolism in the brain actually affects the network stabilization. So now let's dig into the results, the most juicy part of the experiments. What have they seen? What have they found? And how does this impact the metabolic world? First off, from the analysis of the data set of the first step before they even go into the experiment, they looked at destabilization of the brain networks. And as I said earlier, at the age of 47 years, they start to see the manifestation of brain network destabilization. And this is very critical for us to understand as we always link cognitive impairment with aging. But little that we know that this manifestation may happen way earlier before the symptoms manifest out in a sort of clinical setting. So now the main event of the entire paper, in my opinion, is that the findings that shows ketones stabilizes the brain networks, regardless whether you're on diet or you're just breaking the fast via a ketone ester or exogenous ketones. In the first experiment, they saw an improved stabilization of brain network from standard diet, overnight fast, and the most improved would be the ketogenic diet. And this is what I would partially expect. Um, and it reaffirms that ketones are beneficial for the brain. So the second experiment, I'm going to call it the exogenous substrate experiment, where everyone is on standard diet, but they are on an overnight fast. 
and they break the fast with either glucose or ketone ester. The KE group, the ketone ester group, showed a significant improvement in stability, basically telling us that regardless whether you are achieving ketosis via diet or via exogenous ketones, it is both beneficial to your brain network stability. They also introduced an N of 1 case study where they administered KE after they've been taking a large amount of glucose, about 75 grams, and they still show an improvement in brain network stability. So this shows how powerful ketone is to the brain network stability. In addition, they also saw an improvement in general brain activity in the ketogenic group versus the standard or the overnight fasted group. Now let's go into the discussion points. What can we take out of the entire um, study? So by analyzing the big data set, they have concluded that starting at the age of 47 years, the brain deterioration start to begin and with the most dramatic changes at the age of 60 years. So now that we know that if we are vigilant enough, we can actually detect our brain network destabilization and the early manifestation of cognitive impairment but at a very early age. And most importantly, what this study brings to us is that there are behavioral and, and lifestyle changes that we can adapt in order to prevent or even delay the onset of cognitive impairment, especially due to metabolic stress or aging. For a long time now, glucose hypometabolism has been a hallmark of dementia, where we know that the brain is having lack of energy because of the deficiency in glucose metabolism in the brain. So by providing the brain cells with a substrate other than glucose, it may very well um, substitute that energy deficit. And that is why we use ketones, where the brain can easily utilize it to substitute glucose in order to make up for the energy deficit. Now, the most interesting part of the result is that this does not only work in older individuals. They have also seen the positive results of either exogenous ketones or ketogenic diet in younger adults as well. So you and I can also do this and make sure that our brain networks are stabilized before we get old. Well, it has been a pleasure to talk in Research Roundup for HVMN, and I really had a lot of fun reading this paper. And of course, it used ketone ester from HVMN, which makes it very relevant to us and how we can help other people in improving their metabolic health or improving their brain network stability. Still, there's a lot of research to be done, and we are here in HVMN giving our heart and soul to bring out the science, the evidence, and all the relevant papers that use our product, as well as identifying what ketogenic diet would do to you, what ketone esters, what exogenous ketones would uh, do to our metabolism and help us live a healthier life and age healthily. Again, I'm Dr. Lat Mansour. Uh, thank you very much for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe, comment if you like, and we'll hope to see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the HVMN Podcast. If you're interested to learn more about HVMN and our offerings, visit hvmn.com pod. Please remember to subscribe. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please give this video a like. And remember to hit that bell to get notified whenever we post. We also have a dedicated Discord server, which you can join by first taking a short survey, and then I'll personally send you an invite to join the community there. The link to that survey will be in the description, along with any other relevant links. And we'll see you all next week.